And this is why I encourage people to think long term and then break back what they need to do today to reach those goals. It's not money for making money. That's not enough for a fulfilled life. It's for your goals and the things that you love. Welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys podcast, and happy President's Day if you're tuning in from the U.S. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I talk with Shlomo Freund. Shlomo is a location-independent entrepreneur who has been living that lifestyle for over 15 years. When we had the opportunity to talk, he was recording from Spain, but being location-independent, it's possible he's somewhere completely different right now, but Israel is what he considers to be home. Shlomo is the founder of Free Financial Self which is a business that combines his love for traveling and investments in order to help remote workers from around the world organize their finances and create a roadmap in order to reach their goals. This roadmap is customized depending on the goals of each client, but is aimed at financial independence in order to spend more time with friends and family. Shlomo has been a speaker at more than 100 events and, as you'll probably infer from this conversation, has been on many other podcasts spreading the word about his business and all the work that he does. Our conversation ranges from impactful traveling experiences to business ventures, different forms of investing, and overall his experience of working with different remote workers from around the world. Shlomo was even using Zoom before the pandemic started, so I'm sure there was next to no adjustments on his end from a technology standpoint. I usually use CAST to conduct these interviews, but we ended up doing this one on Zoom. And I can confirm Shlomo knows the platform in and out and helped me troubleshoot issues before our interview started. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Shlomo Freund's journey as a location-independent entrepreneur. Yeah, you're, I feel like you're definitely more the expert in, uh, in Zoom, which is... Yeah, which I, do <laughs> I do a lot of Zooms. I do a lot of uh, public speaking also through Zoom, so this like... Yeah, my bread and like butter. second nature, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so I guess we will get started then. So welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. Hey, Eric, great being here. Thank you for inviting. Yeah, of course. So we are here to talk about all of the wonderful things that you're doing with helping people live the kind of lifestyle they envision for themselves. But before we get into all of that, I see that you define yourself as being location independent and have a deep love for traveling. So to start things off, where are you currently living and is there a place you consider to be your home base? So there is a place that I consider as my home base, which is Israel. We live in Israel. However, we do long-term traveling meaning that we're traveling several months every year, sometimes twice for like two, three months, sometimes more, sometimes a little less. And currently I'm at the south of Spain. Previously we were, uh, a few weeks ago, we were in Portugal for a month and this now in Spain for about a month. And then we're back in Israel and hope not too long afterwards, we're going to go for another round. <laughs> so so nice. that's that's where we're at right now. Okay, yeah. And I think the last- All those were occasions. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think the last time we we chatted and kind of caught up before this this interview and everything that you were in Portugal. So yeah, I clearly you've been all over the place. <laughs> so wanted to yes. make sure I had my my facts straight for where <laughs> well, you're. When you're you living. do uh, traveling for you know not uh, a vacation of three days and you have time to really enjoy and have the experience of a place as much as possible because I'm not a local, but it's, it's mm-hmm. still, you get, you, you get a gist of how the place is or where you live. You're living in a place. Right. Yeah, exactly. When you do those long-term stays, I mean, you're, you're essentially a, a resident and get to get to know the people more instead of just being a visitor someplace. So no, I, I love that idea, that mentality. I would love to do that myself and figure out a way to, to do that in the long run for sure. And now, I was listening to the interview you did on the High Velocity Radio podcast, and at the time that the interview was taking place, you mentioned you were currently living in a yurt and that you rent it out while you're out traveling elsewhere. Is that still the case? That's still the case. That's, That's exactly cool. the case. Yes. <laughs> it's hella fun, the traveling. Although, you know, uh, so unfortunately, Tel Aviv became the most expensive city in in, in the world, according to, I think, Financial Times or any of those rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any, any place, we don't live in Tel Aviv, but anyway, Israel is pretty expensive. So any place we're traveling is pretty much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but gotcha. it still helps funding the tra- fund the traveling or support the traveling because we rent our place while we're gone. Yeah, for sure. And for all the listeners that may be unfamiliar, you're just essentially a round tent or dwelling that have roots in Central Asia. And uh, I actually stayed in a yurt myself right outside of Joshua Tree in California and loved the experience. So I think I thought that was really cool. And that really stood out when I listened to that interview. <laughs> it's, it's got uh, good vibes. We really like it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. And actually, speaking of which, now, do you rent out that yurt through Airbnb or do you use another platform? So we used to do through Airbnb. But now that we have a six-year-old and a nine-month-old baby, so it's kind of, it's not worth for us to rent it for less than a month, even through Airbnb. So the minimum for Airbnb is one month, mm-hmm. but then you don't know when people will actually going to uh, make the booking. So it also needs to fit, fit our dates. Yeah. Uh, and if not, we just rent it with a contract when we leave. So for this for this trip, this example was by a contract, but we had other cases that somehow a an Airbnb booking was perfectly matching our dates or, or really good, something that we was worth taking. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely thinking about, yeah. <laughs> when you have a six-year-old and a nine-month-old to think about, you have to reassess. Well, listen, when we started, sure. when we started was, we did these things for one night and went for the family, to the family or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a, we, we had a baby then actually, but she was small and it, it kind of was, was okay. Now mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it just doesn't make sense for less than, I think, three weeks a month or, or so for, because you need to, you need to prepare it. You need to clean up. Mm-hmm. You need to um, make sure everything works because people are coming and, and they're basically paying for that. It's not a regular rent. They don't right. see the house in advance. So it's a kind of a different mindset. So we're really yeah. making sure everything is set for a guess for what they expect. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense completely. I mean, you're, you're essentially looking for more long-term guests on these stays so that you don't have to go in and, and clean up and having to do the turnaround and stuff. So I, I get that completely because I know that's uh, 
that's a big thing with Airbnb. And that's always something that kind of blew my mind as well, how some hosts are able to accommodate people so fast. I mean, I've, I've had instances where I just booked a Airbnb from the app while I was driving, you know, just a few hours out and mm-hmm. the place is already ready for me. You know, the host was extremely nice and friendly and just stayed for the night and then, you know, left and we parted ways. And I don't know, that just always intrigued me because people are, these hosts are able to, you know, at the drop of a hat, essentially just host somebody, you know, and, and just, it's, it's a wild world world we're living in. That's for sure. (laughs) I think it's just a different mindset because they, it's probably their business. So they don't live in, in that property Mm -hmm. or maybe they have, you know, extra room or extra unit or whatever. But for us, this is our house. Yeah. So we need to, it's a different thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In this instance, I mean, it was a kind of like a, a loft above their garage so it was a mm. they were living in the house but it was a separate living quarters that they had set up so i'd yeah i mean for that i understand a little bit more about about being able to turn around quicker but it was just still interesting to me that you know she was able to respond so fast and host us but it was a, a great stay i mean uh it worked out really well this airbnb that i'm talking about is in exeter california which is roughly a half hour drive from sequoia national park if you find yourself in the area and are looking for a place to crash for the night Book a stay at Glenna's. I have nothing but positive things to say about my experience staying there. Out of all the Airbnbs I've stayed in around the country, it remains one of my favorites. I provided a link to the listing in the show notes. Anyway, now, since you've lived or temporarily stayed in a lot of places all over the world, is there a certain location that really left an impact on you? Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. So we really had very positive and good experience in Chiang Mai, Thailand, must say. But okay. it's not to say that the other places were bad. Mm-hmm. We really take, you know, nice things from every place that we're at. And it's, it's been really good and wonderful experiences wherever, wherever we stayed. I, I feel that countries that are not Western countries, we enjoy more. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that bec- for us, it's because... With a Western country, however different, you still kind of know the boundaries of what's going to happen. <laughs> While in in countries that are not Western countries, it's kind of you really don't know. You don't have it's it's a completely different mindset. And we actually lived in Beijing for three years. That was uh, uh, ended at uh, the end of 2014. Mm-hmm. So we had that for three whole years, and that was fascinating i still miss beijing a lot and and that was part of that it, this fascination of things are so different than what you know and grew up on yeah definitely and that that actually reminds me too because i was uh i was gonna ask about that too now in addition to your business free financial self you also have a business in in china correct is that mainly why you were saying there so i do have a business in china however I did not intend to open it when we moved there. It was okay. basically, we wanted to know how it is to live in China. Uh, I had some, a little bit of Chinese experience, so I learned some Chinese. Uh, it started in 2007. My brother-in-law decided that China is important, that it is important to learn Chinese and he wants his kids to learn. So they went for two months to, they traveled to China. Uh, and I joined them, basically learning Chinese. So that started in 2007. And end of 2011, me and my wife decided, yeah, why not? It it's, it's, can be a new adventure. Let's move there and see how it is. Uh, and this is when I opened the company. But it was not in, 
it was not the intention at the beginning. <laughs> gotcha. And it now what not. is the company out of curiosity? So that company helped foreign companies distribute their apps, their okay. mobile apps in the Chinese market. So we do the, it's a basically one-stop shop for operating your app because there are lots of regulations and there is no Google Play there. Instead mm. of that, there are 400 other quote-unquote Google Plays and we handle with the largest 20 and there are now even more regulations with the Chinese government. So all these things is what the, this company does. Interesting. Okay. No, yeah. And I, I kind of gathered that listening to the other podcast episodes and everything and doing research, but yeah, no, I, I find that really interesting. And now, since you primarily work with other remote workers through your business, Free Financial Self, did you find a massive uptick in the people you helped since the global pandemic started, considering most people were forced to work from home if they had the ability? So I did work with people working remotely before, and and I also worked Mm -hmm. remotely, you know, for five plus years now. So it's basically people just started living the way that we live, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't see a lot of change in the number of clients, to be honest, because I just had my audience and followers. But definitely now the market grew because so many people are now working remotely. And that's kind of seems normal. It's like, yes, Mm -hmm. we work from home or we work from the beach or whatever. Mm -hmm. For me, working remotely is basically, let's say, helping me achieving the life I want for myself. I see this as a tool for also for others to really be able to live the way they really want because they don't have to show up at a certain place every morning. Yeah. So that's brings in the lots of flexibility and, and people now learn that. Oh, definitely. It's It's been a really interesting shift since the pandemic started because I, I work in an office and right when everything was, was starting up, we all got sent home and had to work remotely till further notice. And so that was probably about a good year and a half at least we were doing that. And then eventually we got brought back in and I'm back in now, but even now we're on a hybrid schedule, which means that I'm in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but then I work from home Mondays and Fridays, Mm -hmm. which, you know, before everything started, that would be unheard of, but it's almost a lot of industries and a lot of places have shifted towards this, whether or not it's fully remote or at least a hybrid schedule. I feel like it's just become more of the norm lately now. I agree. People leave if they don't get their, at least some remote in their Mm -hmm. work schedule. But I think companies should strive to be remote first, meaning Mm -hmm. we we are just fully remote. You don't have to show the office at any time and it can still work. And and there are many examples of, of these kind of companies that it just works. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it goes twofold in a way to where employers kind of recognize that it is possible to work remotely and how much and how receptive employees are to it. And I think workers also realize how nice it is to at at bare minimum have a hybrid schedule if you're able to and how nice it is to have certain days to be able to work from home. I mean, I, I found a lot of benefit from it just in the sense of not even having to coordinate and get somebody to check on my dog during the day or something like that. I can, mm-hmm. you know, let my dog out and, and spend time with her and, you know, and, and still get my work done and everything. So there's, yeah, there's definitely a ton of advantages to it for sure. And 
Now, I see on your website that you use Zoom for your consultations with clients. Now, were you using that even before the pandemic started? Yes, I did. Oh, I did okay, use yeah. it before. <laughs> but yes, the, their, their, uh, their stock really went up after the pandemic. I was going to say, I hope you got some of their stock beforehand. <laughs> no, I haven't. I invest in other things, but, um, okay. but I, no, I haven't. Gotcha. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, no, totally fine. But <laughs> Plenty of opportunities out there. No, oh, I, definitely. Yes. No, it's, I'm not it's, worried. Yeah, no, it's really funny. Speaking of which, because I, well, I, I, I started dabbling in the stock market when I was in high school or shortly after, and I still do. And I, I started getting into it again when the pandemic started and kind of watching things and seeing where things go. And some things have really paid off and I've done really well on. And it's funny because I, I use TD Ameritrade and I put things in my watch list and, you know, I've been adding certain things that have been in my watch list forever for various reasons. And then I had GameStop in there for the longest time and it just started going crazy. And I was like, what is going on with this? And then look into and find more things about it. And it's like, I probably should have jumped on it. You know, it was been on my watch just long before it exploded through the whole Reddit fiasco and everything. And it's like, those things can be so hard to predict, but at the same time, it's like, man, it was, I was (laughs) so close to, uh... (laughs) but you know, like you said, there are many You can't live this way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of opportunities. There's when you invest in the stock market, it, it should be for the long term is with with mm-hmm. kind of a a plan ahead and not a hype. Right. It's, no, exactly. Yeah. It's safer it's, and returns are long ter- long term much better. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And now I imagine you've worked with individuals from all over the world. Do you think all of the the traveling you've done has helped you connect with these people or have there been any language or cultural barriers you've had to overcome while working with different individuals? So I think that by knowing lots of people from different background, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud, maybe I'm able to be more acceptable for different lifestyles and things that people want versus there is no there is no one way to live there is no like and we are individuals with different goals and different needs and different dreams so yeah maybe to that extent I'm not sure it answers your question (laughs) (laughs) no that's totally fine I think I think it's important yeah like you like you said to recognize everybody as an individual and I think at least having that base knowledge of the cultural differences we all have and the different paths we all have. I think going into it with that mentality, I think definitely helps with being able to shape exactly what it is they want and what they're looking to get out of life. So yeah, I usually work with uh, individuals who are not in their home country or what, whatever they call home. Okay. Is where the majority, these are the majority. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. If you're working primarily with remote workers, you probably have, you know, been traveling around quite a bit themselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, that's great. And now out of curiosity, how many different languages do you speak? Uh, okay. Define speak. <laughs> I'm going to expose <laughs> it all here. Don't worry. So, okay, no problem. So I yeah. speak English and Hebrew fluently. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hebrew is my mother tongue. English, you hear it. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then at 2000 and four and five I traveled in South America for uh, five months so I picked up Spanish there but it's bad Spanish it's broken Spanish that let you get by Mm -hmm. so 
now specifically, I learn Spanish with my wife. She's also she also started learning Spanish, so we're improving. And recently, I started learning Arabic with my daughter when we're in Israel. There are a lot of Arabic speakers, and I think it's important that we'll know it. So I want to learn that. Mm-hmm. And I have my Chinese. Let's say this. So it's two good languages, English and Hebrew, two broken languages, which is Chinese and Spanish, and Arabic just started. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more than me. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I've been trying to get more cultural myself. And I, I took German in high school and I, I took five years of German and I actually even went to Germany. And it's, it's difficult because I feel like if you don't practice it consistently, you lose a lot of those, I guess, yeah. I guess, aspects or elements of it. And I'm to the point with at least with German anyway, to where I'm, I can still understand a lot of it and pick mm-hmm. out different words. I don't know if I'm fully confident in speaking it or trying to with to a certain extent, but I use Duolingo a lot and I started teaching myself French because I have an obsession with the culinary world and they drop a lot of French terms in it. And so I want mm-hmm. to kind of know a little bit more what they were talking about. And that's been a really fun go to language too. exchange groups. They're great. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have the time to do those. I tried a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I know there is one and they're free. They're called, I think, blah, blah language. Yeah. If you Google blah, blah language exchange, you'll get that. And I'm sure they have German groups. They have Spanish and Arabic for sure, because I know I'm in them, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure you can find others. And they used to be meeting face-to-face and now they're also online. Nice. Yeah, I I would love to, I guess, explore other avenues in that way, too, because I know, you know, Duolingo is not it's it's not perfect. It's better than nothing. I know. Um, but I, I've noticed that the best tool to use to learn more, learn quicker for a language is to actually go somewhere and actually speak it with the people around you. And I feel like I, I borderline learn more on my trip to Germany than I did in, in my German classes. And that's not to say that my teachers were bad or anything or you know, that I didn't learn anything in the classroom, mm-hmm. but I feel like just actually being in that environment, you, you know, pick up on those different nuances and you're kind of forced into, it's almost like a sink or swim situation. You know, I, ha- I had people, I had people, lots of people, students asking me about uh, learning Chinese when we mm-hmm. lived there. And my answer was, forget about your, what you're learning in, in the uh, university, just go f- three months to China and you'll be, you're not going to be fluent, but you're going to be much, much better than what you're getting your course in the university. It's actually a time saver, like a huge time saver. Oh yeah. No, I I would agree with that completely. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I heard, I heard the the same question or asked on the delicious story podcast. I really enjoyed that interview and I probably would have (laughs) asked about the languages specifically anyway, but I just wanted to give them a plug and shout out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wanted to give them credit and stuff too i really enjoyed that uh Fair that enough. interview and wanted to wanted to give them a, a plug <laughs> uh-huh. cool but anyway um now getting back to the business you've been an entrepreneur for the past 17 years and from my understanding through your business free financial self you help different individuals create a roadmap based on their goals in order to get their finances straight so do you have an area of investing that you feel more confident about or that you feel like you're a bit more of an expert on if people want to know more about it? So it's important to say that what I do is, is not strictly about only about the investment side. 
Mm -hmm. It's about combining your life goals and what's important for you with your investment. And through a program that I do, I create a plan for people 20, 30 years ahead to Mm -hmm. make sure that they get to the things that are important for them in life. But a lot of the conversation is not so much about the money, but about what's important for people in life and kind of designing their future lifestyle. And from that, then yes, you're getting to the different investment vehicles and these can be, and that depends on the goals. So Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm more convenient with something. It's more of what fits the people that I work with. Uh, From my experience, I have experience with the stock market. I have some experience with the real estate. Uh, I do uh, P2P. I do uh, um, cryptocurrencies, but I would not call that an investment for now. And I invest in different platforms on different projects. And the last thing that I'm doing for the past year and a half or so is investing in content websites. So we got all this avenues for, for uh, diversifying and making money in different ways. And there are, diff- there are different, different risks points, different uh, horizons to, to invest in, like short-term, long-term. It's a matter of taking what the client needs or from his goals and then make the investment blend work for you, to put it this way. Yeah, no, and that makes a lot of sense. I, I heard you mention P2P uh, previously. Could you briefly explain what that means for maybe the listeners who aren't uh, aware? Yes, sure. So P2P refers to peer-to-peer. These are platforms that people are taking well, there are the people who need the loans. So they're getting loans from the platforms. And then there are investors who put the money in. Now, what happens is that an investor uh, can put in even a, a very small amount of money, okay? Let's say $100 for now. But it can be much more. And that's split between hundreds or thousands of people that, and giving them the loan. So if there is a default on some of them, it's still unlikely that your investment will go down. Okay, you're not giving your loan to one person, you're giving your loan to 1000 people. So if that person got five cents from you, okay, that's not so and, and you didn't give it back, you didn't return it, it's not that bad. So it's kind of mitigating the risk of of default of not paying the loans. It's one way to kind of get high or let's say higher returns and still have decent way of protecting yourself. Okay, gotcha. No, that makes sense. So you're essentially spreading it out through many different loans. and um... Yeah, but the system does it all. You don't need to do anything. You're giving that to the platform and they do that their system, that their platform does everything. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if you mentioned it previously in your in your range of investments, but I was digging through doing some digging on your website and I saw crowd investing on there. And it was something that was kind of unfamiliar to me beforehand. Can you briefly explain that one a little bit more as well? Sure. So what I mentioned there is uh what I just said now is is explain is not explaining, investing in different projects. So these are platforms where they have the different projects and you can go and choose where do you want to put your money in which of these projects. And you can spread between uh, one, 10, 20, 50 different projects, but there are two risks there. One is that the project that you chose will go bankrupt or would not pay on time. And that happens, that happened to me. And the other thing is that the platform actually 
uh, you know, go down mm-hmm. and they disappear. And that happened to me as well. So there is a there is a, a risk there. You really need to know what you're doing. But versus the P2P where the platform put the money to the different people and this one, you are choosing which project to invest in and how much. Gotcha. And I think I remember hearing on one of your podcast interviews as well in, ter- in regards to crowd investing, isn't, would you say the barriers of entry are a little bit higher for that typically? Because I think you need to have a little bit more money up front for crowd investing as, as opposed to P2P. Is that correct? Or are those about no, the same? Not so much. No, not no, so much. No, uh, if you're, if you're saying 50 euros is high, then that's about the, <laughs> the, the amount. Gotcha. 50 euros is roughly equivalent to 57 US dollars as of the time of this recording. So no need to do any major converting for any U.S. listeners. Yeah, they're even lower than that. Maybe they are now higher. Maybe they're now 100, but not really. I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just something I was curious about. I, I'm actually shifting towards uh, investing more in content websites right now versus the crowd investing. I'm, I got more interested in that. And returns are can be even much better. And I enjoy it much more. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Now, can you can you break down and explain, I guess, what you do with content websites specifically? Yeah, sure. So there are platforms out there, but it can also be through a private deal flow where you find yourself a website that already generates money or starting to generate money or it's already established. So it already has some traction. It has some uh, traffic. And these websites make their money through through different business models. So it can be ads, it can be leads, it can be affiliate marketing. In case you're unfamiliar with that term, affiliate marketing is an advertising model where a company pays others, like bloggers or other influencers, to advertise their products and services to generate sales. And there are many other ways, creative ways that you can turn this into a SaaS, you can uh, sell your own products. Uh, I currently hold two websites, one in the roofing niche and the other one in the antennas and the trucks radio niche. Well, I'd say, I'd say, I don't know if you call it tech or automobile niche. Uh, and I'm looking for more. Hmm. I, I'm just fascinated by the fact that you can just buy those assets and then start combining those with other things that you either know or love, or maybe you have more experience with this and then combining them together and then making something even bigger. Now, the returns are, are pretty good. It's basically around 30% a year, 25% a year. But you need to reinvest some of the money in that business to either grow it on, or maintain it. I'm not the super expert in that. There are people that are much more expert than me on this. But I've, I'm doing this for the past uh, year and a half or so. It took me about four or five months finding the right website for me. The one that I thought was, was um, it has it, all the criteria that I was looking for. And then I know how I can grow it. And um, I, I'm operating now two of them. And I'm, okay. I probably will go for more. No, that's really interesting. I mean, I think what it all boils down to is there are so many different ways and avenues to, I guess, uh, you know, make money depending on on what you're looking to get uh like what you were saying before i mean it depends on what your roadmap looks like or what you're trying to get out of it if you're looking for you know something short term long term you know low risk maybe a little bit higher risk but bigger returns i mean there's there's so many options and things to do and i mean 
just you know digging through your website and based on the things that you've talked about i feel like i'm still not even scratching the surface with all that's out there i mean i've already learned so many new things just in in this conversation and even doing research for it but yeah it's i really, uh, really want to i really want to add one more thing oh yeah is, definitely is, so i have a whole uh, i I'm, I'm doing public speaking online and uh, i have a whole talk just about it's called work without working it means it's basically saying that you can find something that you're passionate about and love that's probably already making money and you can turn that into your part-time business, full-time business, whatever you feel like, but it will still support your life goals. So you're going to work on something that you really, really love. So I think, and, and you can do that through this uh, website investing because there are so there are endless and endless and endless websites for selling and operating nowadays. Yeah. So you can basically find your fit. No, so true. And I mean, even just with you know the emergence of Patreon and and things like that. I mean, there are so many different options to get. I guess you know. Um, I mean, a little bit of a different idea, but I mean, even if you're just looking to get funding towards just pursuing creative outlets or something like that or have people subscribe to like basically a whatever you're putting out or have certain tiers or things available depending on how you structure it i've always find that really fascinating too i mean there's so many options to get something off the ground if you feel like it's your your life passion or just like a project you're really passionate about and yep. I, i've been exploring so many avenues honestly even for this podcast for just getting you know, different ad revenue or something coming in or just uh, mm-hmm. or working with different partners on doing some product placement or something like that, or even having some merch because I have some capabilities on the website to sell merch and it's something I've been wanting to do. It's just, you know, it, it, I, life just gets crazy and it's I've been <laughs> adding it on my list forever, but I, it's something I definitely want to make a priority for sure. <laughs> Let me know if it can help. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Now, do you currently have any upcoming events or exciting things currently in the works for all the different things that you do that you want to talk about? So I do this public speaking for about a year now, Mm -hmm. and I've reached thousands of people. And it was just fascinating hearing, you know, hearing people's questions and talking to them. And I did do public speaking previously when I was in in China. Uh, I was part of the uh, entrepreneurs community in Beijing, one of the leaders there. But I left that and I kind of started over talking about a different thing that was I was always passionate about and loved talking about and kind of, let's say, delivering it to other people and hopefully they'll get something from it is something that I really like. I, I really want to help people live a better life through their finances. Yeah, no. And that's, that's definitely some very important work and I definitely commend you for all of it. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins? Yes. Yes. I do want to say. Yeah. So when you're looking at investing or making money, I, I think that many people are kind of in their life, they're really going with inertia. You know, you work, you go to work, you live your life, you make money and all that. But a lot of people are just missing the goal of what they're doing that. And by understanding that making money, instead of 
for the sake of making money, is for the sake of your goals, is much, much stronger why. And this is why I encourage people to think long-term and then break back what they need to do today to reach those goals. It's not money for making money. That's not enough for a fulfilled life. It's for your goals and the things that you love. No, exactly. I mean, you know, money essentially is, is a tool and that's the way I always look at it to live the kind of life that you want to live. And, but the questions are much bigger than that. I don't, I don't think the end goal is just to acquire more wealth or more money. It's, it's, it's what you use it towards and what you want to achieve and do with life. And, you know, to, you know, take the time to, you know, spend with family or, or spend it with the important people in your life and, and having yeah. that freedom, I guess. I have a kind of a, not a quote, but a, a sentence that I put on my Twitter mm-hmm. profile, and it's "Don't be rich, be satisfied." That's oh, I, like I think that. is really important. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we're on the uh, the same page with that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, where well, can people find more information about yourself, your business, free financial self, and anything else you want to plug? So first of all, I uh, prepared a giveaway for your audience. And yeah, this awesome. one you can find at freefinancialself.com slash JJP. And um, this is a tool that will help you. It's basically the first step to help you understand how much you're worth. And that will help you to be more, to get more clarity about your finances and basically your, your life goals. But this is kind of the first step. It's part of the, the whole program that I do with my client. And this is a giveaway. It's at freefinancialself.com slash JJP. And you can also go to my website, freefinancialself.com. I'd love to get in touch with people uh, on Twitter. So that's freefinancialSF. That's the Twitter handle. Unfortunately, free financial selfies too long. (laughs) (laughs) You can find my name on on LinkedIn, Shlomo Freund. Uh, you can find Free Financial Self on my on, on Facebook. You can find Free Financial Self on Instagram. I'm on all of those. And that's it, basically. That, that's all the places where you can get me. Awesome. And on yeah, podcasts. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, the podcasts are definitely a great resource for me to make sure I did my homework and everything. But no, thank cool. you so much for the for the giveaway there and the, the custom link. I'll definitely plug that in the show notes. And yeah. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time for this. I think being location independent is definitely a dream come true and truly the best way to connect with people and learn more about the world and just be more well-rounded. And I think the work you're doing is extremely important and I wish you all the best in all of your future endeavors and projects. Thank you, Eric. I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. All right. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Shlomo's website, socials, and other resources can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtapose Journeys wherever you stream your podcasts. And maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, 
Send an email to juxtaposedjourneys at gmail.com with a brief description for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. Or you can find Juxtaposed Journeys on Podmatch and request an interview that way. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.